0: hello everybody and happy new year I'm obsessed with not just the new year but like a new month a new week a new day like I very very much appreciate that energy and always want to capitalize on it however I can I'm just passionate about that there is a natural energy that most of us feel in these transitional times of new beginning and I I'm all about capitalize on it. And then the key is, what do I think I could do to harness this, to capture it, to sustain it, to maintain it? And I don't expect you or I to know that answer off of the bat, but the fact that we're asking and we're trying things is so super powerful. What I want to do today, no surprise, me and probably 100 million other podcasters out there. I want to talk about the do this, not that of goal setting, because I would imagine that everyone who can hear my voice right now has had many goals that go by the wayside, things that you were very motivated to accomplish, but didn't. And I would dare say that we've all had the experience of setting a goal and not even really getting it off the starting line, or probably worse Making some progress and then watching it all disappear and undoing whatever gains that we had created. There's the upside of that is that there's a ton of data, not just in general, but in our own lives individually on what works and what doesn't work. And, you know, the tough thing about overall data is that what's true for one person might not be true for another person, right? I hear this all the time when I see colleagues of mine posting like, you know, this is what you need to be successful online in 2023. And I'm like, okay, maybe some people will be successful, but there is just no way in the world to say that this is what everybody needs to do to be successful. So how I'm approaching this is the do this, not that of goal setting, from my experience working with clients specifically related to weight loss, okay? So I am sure that there are other contingents of people, that there are other goals where some of these things might be true or untrue, but this is the do this, not that for weight loss related goals in the experience that I've had over the last 10 years in my own life and working with now thousands of clients. We want to start with what people do wrong, and then of course we want to go into what I recommend, what I see to be most successful, and then I'm going to totally let you in on how I'm approaching goals, how I'm setting goals, and how I'm tracking and monitoring goals as I go into this new year because I feel like I'm waking up from a fog of the last few years. You guys know I've had just a really challenging couple of years. And I'm very excited to have some concrete goals and feel like I have some of my, my fire and my drive and my passion back, even though I'm still admittedly very sleep deprived. Let's talk about why people fail to reach their goals. And the first thing is that they are too general. When you have a goal of, I'm going to lose weight, that is too general. I honestly think that having a goal to lose X amount of pounds is too general. And we're going to break this down further when we talk about what to do instead. But there's a really big difference between this month, I'm going to incorporate these habits And over this year, I'm going to lose X amount of pounds. The problem with general goals is that they're very hard to act on because they're so big and they involve so many pieces that we don't know where to start. And even if we do start, we don't stay focused because we feel like there's all these other things we could do or should do. So not being specific enough, being too general is one of the big problems, The other one, and this is a tough one, but it's still very true. One of the big reasons that people fail when they set a goal is that their strategy exceeds their reality. Their strategy exceeds their reality. The reason I say this is a tough one is that I firmly believe we can do anything. And if you set your mind to work out six days a week for the entire year, if you set your mind to lose 100 pounds in 12 months, if you set your mind to pay off $100,000 worth of debt in nine months, I'm like, sky's the limit, go for it. We are capable of that. But I think that most people fail to be really honest with themselves about if they're at a point where they're willing to do what it takes over the long term. Sometimes in our head in our imagination in fantasy we're like of course we'll do whatever it takes i i, I want this more than anything and we ignore the reality that you know what there's going to be nights where i want ice cream more than i don't. There's going to be times when i'm going to be looking to give myself permission to do something that runs counter to this very aggressive goal. So I'm 100% in favor of if you want to go for an aggressive goal, give it a shot. But at the same time, know thyself. I can't tell you how many times I set these kind of ridiculous weight loss goals and I committed to plans that were so far from the way I had been eating that my, my ambition exceeded my reality. It just did. It exceeded what I was really, truly willing to do at 7 o'clock on a Thursday after a really rough week at work. I'm not telling you to dumb down your dreams, but I am strongly suggesting that you get very honest with yourself. Here's what this looks like for me. I have these thoughts sometimes of like, what would happen if I decided to go an entire 365 days with no sugar, no dairy, no gluten, you know, like big long list. Because I get excited about what could happen and how different I would feel. But when I get really honest, I don't want to do that. Like, I love the idea of it in theory, but I don't want to do that. You know, if we take Roman out for ice cream, I absolutely want to have ice cream. If I go on a date... With my husband, I want to get a cocktail, and I can reach my goals and have those things, but it can be very discouraging when you set out with a strategy that exceeds your reality. Sometimes it's about, you know, you're not realistic about how you spend your time. I was on a a call with one of my clients in a consistency course the other day, and one of her big goals was around time management. And I was asking her what gets in the way of that right now. And she was saying that every single day, though she says, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, and I'm not going to be on my phone and this, that, and the other thing. Every single day she spends time on Wordle. And then there's like some other version, I guess. I don't don't do Wordle or those kinds of games. My brain doesn't work like that. Um, There's like a mini version or something. And after she does Wordle, she does this mini thing. And I was like, dude, factor that in, honestly. When you are planning your day, plan in time for that. To not do that denies the reality of how you want to spend your time. So factor that in. I talked to her about how when I first started Primal Potential, and I've shared this here on the show before, I had never worked for myself before. I was used to you know, getting up at 4.30 or 5 in the morning, going to work out, getting into work by like 7, 7.30, staying at work until 6 or 7 o'clock at night. All of a sudden, I was like, oh, my day is mine. And though I would get up early, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to watch a show that I DVR'd the night before because I've always been kind of an early to bed kind of person. And I'd watch a show that I DVR'd because there was DVRs back then. And uh, do they still have those things? and then I'd like watch another one cuz I still have plenty of time to get my work done. And so when I decided I don't like the way this is going, I factored in that hey, I go to bed at, you know, at that point in my life, 8:30 at night. I want I'm I need to have time, I want to have time to watch a show that I really enjoy watching. So, I would factor that in. For example, I would say, "All right, I'm going to work from like 5 to 6, and then I'm going to take a 30-minute coffee break." with social media and just, you know, screw around and browse and scroll and whatever. And then I'm going to work for another hour. And then I'm going to take a full one hour break to watch a show and have breakfast. And that's, I started factoring in those things. And when people don't do that, either around food or alcohol or movement or the way they spend their time, you just start out of the gate disappointed in yourself and you lose belief in your ability to execute. The other thing that sets people up for not achieving the goals that they set is that they don't have a process in mind for keeping their goal top of mind. Have you ever felt like, I just kind of like forgot about it. It was a high passion, but then the week gets going and it's Thursday afternoon and I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't done anything for this. You have to have a process for keeping your goals top of mind, I'm gonna go into what my process is for that. It doesn't mean it's the right process. It's just what works for me. But you cannot write down your goals in a journal on December 31st or October you know, 12th or January 3rd and then revisit it a day later and the next day and then not for three weeks and then not for three months. Like you have to have a process for keeping your goals top of mind. I'm a big fan of writing them down every single day. I'm also a really big fan of telling a friend and then having like a, one of my girlfriends and I have started doing a Zoom date night. So we just pick a date and realistically, it'll probably only be like once a month and we have a glass of wine and we talk. That is the perfect opportunity to take five minutes to say, how are you going on your goals? What's going well? What's not going well? And involve somebody else in accountability. You can absolutely do it yourself. I write down my goals every single day and I've got a lot of other things that I do to keep them top of mind, but having a buddy is a huge part of it. Another reason that people fail when it comes to goals that they set is that they don't review their progress regularly regularly. And also make adjustments. A lot of people are like, oh, no, 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 I know that I'm not losing weight. Like, I'm aware of that regularly. But are you making adjustments? Or are you just hoping that tomorrow's going to be the day that things are different? Are you just planning that Monday or when the kids go back to school, it's going to get better? You have to not only review your progress regularly, you also have to make adjustments. You have to make adjustments. It might be an adjustment in your attitude. It might be an adjustment in how you spend your time, in the way that you prepare, in the way that you track, in the way that you organize your day. You have to review your progress regularly and make adjustments. And then the last thing I wanna mention as far as why people aren't successful when they set goals is they let their emotions interfere with their progress. Guys, Every single one of us, myself included, we need to make 2023 the year of embracing emotional sobriety. You know, it is totally okay to be aggravated, frustrated, disappointed, angry, stressed, scared, mad, joyful, whatever. But let's pump the brakes on letting those emotions drive our decisions. You can be irritated with yourself for not doing the workout or for eating the thing you said you weren't going to eat or any other number of reasons. But then let's get back into action. Let's get back to business. Let's not continue to let our emotions interfere with our progress because for the rest of our lives, we are going to have days and hours and months and years where we're sad, lonely, mad, scared, disappointed, celebrating, you name it, This is the time to say, the feeling can ride with me, but it cannot drive. It cannot drive. So let's shift gears here for a second and talk about what to do instead. I know I mentioned earlier that I was having a conversation with one of my clients in the consistency course, but there was a different conversation I was having with a different person in there. And it was actually a gentleman. And he said, I feel like I make these big plans a million different big plans and then they all fall through. I never execute any of them and I get all hyped up for every different variety of plan and literally every time I don't see it through. So we started talking about the difference between a piece and a plan. If you have a plan to say lose 50 pounds, that is 4 billion pieces Right On any given day, that's probably, I don't know, at least a few hundred pieces from what you do when you wake up in the morning, what you put in your coffee, what you don't put in your coffee, what you prepare for breakfast, what you have in your fridge, what you actually eat for breakfast, what you say no to when you get to the office. All of these things are pieces of the plan. And a lot of times... We are overwhelmed by all the pieces and maybe we execute six or seven or 24 of the pieces in a given day, but we drop the ball on 20 or 30 or two of the pieces and because it didn't go the way we told ourselves it ought to go, we're disappointed, we're mad, we say we can't do this, we throw in the towel. I think we can all relate to that feeling. What I recommended to him, and I recommend to most people who are in this boat of like, I've had a million plans before and I haven't seen them through, start with a piece. Start with a piece. Be incredibly specific. Incredibly specific. Let me give you an example. One of my primary goals, in fact, my primary goal in 2023 is weight loss related. You know the story. I don't need to get in the backstory. Three back to back pregnancies, four babies in less than three years. I got baby weight to lose. The piece that I am focusing on is the Golden Rules of Carbs and Fat Loss, episode 195. It is incredibly specific. There are 25, 35, 40 other pieces in my day that are related to fat loss. But that is the one that I'm focusing on. I will absolutely add more. But that is the piece that I am starting with. That is what I am focused on. Lots of people discard that approach because they're like, it's not enough. But here's why it is: it builds a foundation, it builds confidence. I have explained this to probably 50 people in the consistency course in the last two weeks. I understand the sense of like, I need to do more. I need to do more. You do need to do more. But when we start with a singular specific thing, we reduce or overall eliminate overwhelm. We are able to focus. We're not as prone to distractions. We're not as prone to the emotional swings of disappointment over the things we didn't do. We feel more capable and more confident. We build belief in our ability to do this. Finally, thank God. And most importantly, we get some momentum. We gain some traction. We feel ready to add quickly, and then we build. So focus on a piece of the plan and be incredibly specific. Be micro in your focus. Whenever somebody tells me, like, my goal is to lose 50 pounds or my goal is to pay off $25,000 in debt, and I'm like, you got a niche way, 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 way down. Where you start is not where you stay, but you need to be specific. The other thing that you need to do is keep your damn goal in front of you constantly. And I don't mean put it on a Post-it note on your mirror, and here's why. After a week or two, you're not even going to notice the Post-it. It's still there. You're looking at it, but you don't see it. I'm sure that most people can relate to that, whether it's because they've done this with goals before or it was like the, the picture on the fridge that you put there and now you, like don't even, you haven't even looked at it in six months. You have to have it in front of you, but it has to be consciously in front of you. So what could that mean? That could be writing it down every single day that could be a checklist that you engage with. I want it to be something you engage with, not just something that's in your line of sight. Because again, if it's in your line of sight, you will be shocked at how quickly it just blends into the background. It has to be an engaged presence, a something that you're interacting with. A checklist, writing it down, talking about it with a friend, a meeting with yourself, at a certain time, X many days a week to review and check in, you have to keep the goals in front of you. One of the things that I do to help me with this, very tactical here, is block time on your calendar for your goal or goals. It doesn't mean that you know, you know, eating healthy is going to happen at nine o'clock on Tuesday morning. It's not that at all. But when you have it there, what you're going to be able to do is bring your awareness to it. Because if you go to book a massage at that time and you see this, you're, you're intellectually engaging with that, right? But I don't just want it to be there as, a, as like a placeholder. I do want it to be something you intend to do with it. For example... I know that the weekends is when I tend to go grocery shopping, so let's say that that normally happens for me on like Sunday afternoon. I'm going to block time on my calendar, maybe like Sunday at 11 a.m. to plan out meals for the week, make my grocery list, and go grocery shopping. I'm going to plan out time, say 7.30 on Sunday night, to spend 40 minutes doing meal prep, you know? grill a bunch of chicken, get it in the fridge, that sort of thing. That is active. It is in front of me. The t- I'm not hoping I remember to be prepared. That time is blocked and it's there. Similarly, I'm, I'm working on a book project. Now, I might not write at two o'clock on Tuesday But I do have time blocked in my calendar around when I think that would happen. So, for example, in my life, Roman goes down for a nap around 1230. I know that I'm going to have some help with the twins Monday through Thursday starting, you know, in 2023. Uh, So I can guess that around one o'clock, I could block off one to two, four days a week to work on that writing project. Some days... I might have to take the twins to a doctor's appointment. No big deal. I can move it, but then it's there. That time is there. Put it on your calendar. The other thing that's huge, give it time and energy before there's no more time or energy left. And what I mean by that is, have you ever said, like, I'm going to work out, I'm going to work out, but then by the time you get home from work, you're just like, I'm too tired. The kids need help with homework. I haven't thought of anything for dinner. And then it's like 9.30 and you're like, I didn't have time today. You did have time today. You just left it to fit into the extra space. Don't. If it's a priority, treat it like a priority. In priorities, you don't hope to fit into the extra space. Expect that things are going to be crazy when you get home from work and you're not going to feel like it and something's going to come up. I started doing my workouts in the morning with Roman, even though that's not ideal because I can guarantee that time most of the time. Sure, there are some days where maybe the girls have to be in Boston for a doctor's appointment, but most of the time, that is there. If I just think like I can always work out after Roman goes to bed, expect that something's going to come up. Expect that Chris is going to have to work late or somebody's not going to feel well or, you know, the internet's going to go down. Well, I guess that wouldn't be relevant for working out, but for work stuff, expect that that end-of-the-day margin is going to have competition. There's going to be things competing for that time. So make it a priority and give it your time and energy before you run out of time and energy for the day. Maybe that means that you put dinner in the slow cooker in the morning before you go to work because it takes 12 minutes and you're not leaving that decision to the end of the day where you're short on time and you had to work late and then your car ran out of gas or any number of other things, right? Give it your time and energy before there's no time and energy left. And then we already kind of talked about this with when we were in the things not to do. Assess your progress constantly, constantly, constantly. If you can do it with a buddy, and we can all do it with a buddy, whether it's somebody who's like physically close to us, or it's somebody who's virtually close to us, or a stranger you met on the internet, have a damn buddy. People have to know your goals. You don't have to broadcast it to everybody who follows you on Facebook, but you do need to have people in your life who are paying attention to your journey, and it really helps holding yourself accountable. Let me tell you what my approach is. With the caveat that my approach might not work for you. But it might. Or there might be a piece that works for you and six pieces that don't work for you. But I'm just going to break it down. I set goals for the areas of my life that are important to me. A lot of people act like it's a problem that they have multiple goals in multiple areas of your life. I feel like that's just a sign that you're breathing. If the area is important to you, my sense is... You should have some sort of target or aspiration for that area. So I have goals for my health, separate goals for my fitness, goals for my family, for my marriage, for my money, for my business, for my friendships. And some of them are really simple. Like friendships, I want to do a friend trip this year. You know, obviously my last few years have been a little crazy. I want to do a friend trip this year so that's not something that takes my time and effort every single day. Okay. My marriage goal. uh, I'm just going to shoot straight with you guys here. We were terrible in 2022 about date nights. And a lot of that was because uh, my first trimester of pregnancy was rocky and Roman, of course, is still young. And then in, uh, gosh, when I was 21 weeks pregnant, I had to go to Hopkins for surgery and then I was on bed rest. And then when I was 26 weeks pregnant, I was hospitalized and the twins were born when I was 27 weeks pregnant. And then we were going back and forth to Boston. I was going back and forth to Boston every single day. So truth be told, I think we maybe got three dates, just me and Chris in the entire year. Terrible, awful, but you know, Hey, whatever is what it is. So As much as this is not an aspirational number for most, our goal for 2023 is 10 dates. That does not take time and effort every single day. That might take 15 minutes of planning once a month and, you know, a couple hours, 10 times a year for the date. I point that out because if you're feeling overwhelmed by a million goals, realize that some of them are like my friend trip goal or my date night goal, and they really don't require much from you, if anything at all, on the day to day. One of my family goals, and I only have a couple, is that I want to do two trips with the kids in 2023, one of which is international. And the international one, I already know when it is. It's a pseudo work thing that we're going to turn into also a family vacation. I don't have to do a damn thing for that. Like, literally, I don't have to do anything for it except get the twins passports. So, you know, it's a it's like something that I want to be clear about. and And I have to be clear about it in order to make sure that it happens, but it doesn't require anything from me in the day to day. Even one of my fitness goals, which is getting back to a particular strength movement that I can't currently do right now in my postpartum fitness, I'm not going to work on it every single day. And if I say work on it like three times a week, because, you know, when it comes to fitness things, you're not going to drill something every day most of the time. It's like 20 minutes, three times a week. Come on. Now, for my weight goal and some of my business goals, they require a lot more time and attention but I set goals for the areas of my life that are really, really important to me. With that, I have a single primary goal. The lead dog. The one that if none of the others happened, but the primary was accomplished, I'd feel really damn good. Really, really good. You might have two that you're like, oh, should it be this? Should it be that? It really doesn't matter. Pick one that's a primary. The one that you really feel like if this was the only one, I still feel really great about my year. If this is the only one that got accomplished. I ask myself at the start of every month and at the start of every week, both, what does this goal demand from me this month? What does this goal demand from me this week? Start of every month, start of every week, I ask that question. Now, that has to be on my calendar. I don't just remember on Monday, you know, at seven in the evening to do that question. I have to have it on my calendar. I have to have it on my calendar. I have to have it on my calendar. And I would imagine you probably do too. What does it demand of me this week? What does it demand of me this month? For some of them, it doesn't demand anything from me this week. doesn't demand anything from me this month. But for others, it's a lot more involved. Like weight loss, like some of my business goals, you know, with my next writing project and things like that. All right, here's how I organize things in the day to day. This is what works for me. It might not work for you. And it probably wouldn't have worked for me in a different season of life, but it works for me now. I'm gonna do my best to explain this. If you have any questions, just ask, because it makes a lot of sense in my head. If it doesn't make sense coming out of my mouth, just ask. Okay, I have a master dump list. And what that means to me is <laughs> earlier this week, I was like, shit. I have to get my oil changed, my, my or not my oil changed, my car inspected, my inspection expires at the end of this month. That goes on my master list. Or it's uh, I needed to follow up with somebody to order more change makers journals. That goes on my master list. Like every to-do you can possibly imagine. I need to schedule a dentist appointment for Roman. I need to put up a new coaching audio inside the consistency course. I need to send out links for people who have calls with me this week. All of that stuff goes in my master dump list. Literally everything, okay? Then what I do is I pull a small chunk that are for the week, all right? I have, um, you know, like sticky notes. They make these massive sticky notes that go on your wall. I'm looking at mine right now. It's probably like two and a half feet wide by like three and a half feet long. It's just a giant sticky note. Got it at Staples, a whole pack of them. I pull the things that I'm going to do this week. So for example, I know I need to do a podcast for Saturday. I know I need to do a podcast for Monday. Those go up there. There are certain things that I have to do every week. Those go up there. So I need to send out links to people who have calls with me. I need to mail out change makers journals. I need to mail out uh, consistency calendars. All that shit that happens every single week, it goes up on my weekly thing. As well as the things that don't happen every week but need to get done. For example... Um, I had to, last week, I had to put together a short video on how to use the consistency calendar for the consistency course. That had to be done that week. So that goes on my big weekly dump list, okay? Um, I had gotten a check for Roman and I don't have mobile deposit for his account. So I had to go to the bank to deposit Roman's check. Because I didn't want it to just sit here forever, it didn't have to be done this week. It's not everything that's on my weekly list has to be done. There's just some things that you want to get done. So that gets on there. Um I had to send uh I had to reclassify some money for my W2 before year end. So that went on my weekly list. That's all the things I'm gonna do in a week. Now the key is I've made this mistake for too many years. I don't make it anymore. Be realistic. <laughs> I used to have these lists of like, I'm gonna do these 27 things to today, and then I'd get like six of them done, and it would just be carryover, carryover, carryover. No. We all have enough experience with how we spend our time and what things come up in a given day and what else we have going on. We have the skills to not be ridiculous about our lists. And I would rather get the things done and be able to pull something from tomorrow than get to the end of the day and be like, nothing got done. Oh my gosh, now I just have to roll it all over because then you just, you know, aren't keeping your word. So I determine which things I'm going to pull for each day. Let me give you a perfect example. The first Monday of the year, which is today, Chris is back at work for the first time. I'm on my own with all three kids. I'm not going to do a damn thing for work (laughs) when I'm solo with these kids. When Roman goes down for a nap, I've got the other two. And if that's an opportunity to like have a snack, perfect. (laughs) Have a meal. And I might do, I will do something after Roman goes to bed at night when Chris is home, okay? So I'm going to be very realistic about the fact that one or two things are for Monday. Tuesday, I have help. So Tuesday, I know, like, guaranteed Roman's nap block. Of course, he could nap for 45 minutes. He could nap for two hours and 20 minutes. But I know I'm going to work in that block. I'm going to work after he goes to bed, and I'm going to find one other block because I have help that day. So I know, like, I can do maybe four or five or six things depending on how long they take. Use your experience to not be crazy about what you take on in a day. Err on the side of giving yourselves less to do than you could do and then adding because it always feels great to be like, oh my gosh, I'm ahead. I took some stuff off tomorrow's list. So the weekly list is on my wall. I use the Changemakers Journal for what I pull for the day, okay? So the Changemakers Journal helps me focus not just on my to-dos, but also on like what am I doing for my goals today. It's structured. It's a very clearly structured journal to help with goal achievement. So the Makers Journal is what I use day to day. Now, For those of you who are in the consistency course this year, I put together a new tool called the Consistency Calendar that helps you track three things per day, like the same three things. Mine are the Golden Rules, Intentional Movement, and Working on My Writing Project. So essentially, that's a wall calendar, traditional like spiral bound wall calendar. And following the Golden Rules means I fill in the red circle for that day. Getting an in intentional movement means I fill in the blue circle for that day. And uh, working on my writing project means I fill in the teal circle for that day. So that is what I use for daily execution, the Changemaker's Journal and the Consistency Calendar. The key to all of that, though, is just being super realistic. Okay? Then, like I said, I have that weekly and monthly meeting with myself On the monthly meeting, I also do my net worth spreadsheet, which is just a very simple spreadsheet of like, what are my assets worth? What liabilities do I have, if any? Like, what's the balance of my checking account, my savings account, my brokerage accounts, all of that, it's like, it's the net worth spreadsheet. So I do that at that monthly meeting, but I'm also asking myself, what do my goals need from me at this point in time, okay? And those tasks go on the master list. And then I pull from that weekly. So that is my process. Whether you follow it or not, I hope that the other tips and do's and don'ts of goals are helpful to you. If you have questions about what I shared, I'm an open book, so just ask. And I hope that this is all of our best year yet. Make it a great day. I'll talk to you soon.